0: Michael, how optimistic are you about the COP in Glasgow?
1: Well, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, you know, there are a lot of uh, good things that have happened recently. Uh, you know, we've seen the G7 nations step up on, you know, providing financing to the developing world, which is really important because we have to make sure that uh, they skip the fossil fuel stage, that they leapfrog uh, directly to clean energy technology um, if we're going to keep you know, greenhouse gas emissions below dangerous levels, levels of dangerous warming. So that's an important uh, part of it. And the United States has provided some some significant funding as has the UK and the EU. Um, There's still, you know, some work to be done there. the Biden administration has made a bold pledge um, to bring carbon emissions down by 50% within the decade um, and to decarbonize the electrical, uh, you know, electricity generation sector, uh, basically by 2035. But where we're stuck right now, of course, is in codifying that in the form of legislation. Congress passing legislation that will allow Biden to uh, to basically meet those obligations. And so it's really critical that we get this current, uh, what, what's known as the uh, build back better or the reconciliation package that needs uh, all 50 Democrats to vote for it if it's gonna pass because no Republicans will, pass, uh, will, will vote for it. Um, that's going to require all of the Democrats being in line. And as you probably know, we've got a couple uh, holdouts right now in the form of Joe Manchin. And Kristen Cinema, Joe Manchin of West Virginia, a coal state, and uh, Kristen Cinema. So uh, there, there's some work to be done because I fear that if we can't get that legislation through, then the United States doesn't quite have the sort of moral authority that it needs to be. Coercing other countries to step up their commitment. Well,
0: well, persuading, I hope rather than <laughs> persuading but, would yeah. be a better persuading, word yeah. yes yes yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean uh, the um, you know the always this issue has been, can the American I mean, this is the same issue with uh, with Clinton and the same issue with Obama. can they deliver through their Congress right the policies that they're you know stating as as president? Um, Michael, one of my big concerns about the energy transition is the fact that we are not getting on and building enough long-duration storage. I mean, most obviously pump storage, which, as you know, is a bit of a passion of mine. Yeah. Um, You know, Snowy Hydro 2.0, et cetera. But, um, you know, you're seeing with these energy shortages in Europe and in China uh, a little bit, I think, a bit of a... Uh, foretaste of what will happen if we keep uh, if we keep you know rolling out for phasing out thermal generation burning yep. coal and gas which we must do and yep. and sooner replacing it with variable renewable energy wind and solar but not having enough storage to back it up for when the sun isn't shining and the wind isn't blowing absolutely I mean the i mean i'm speaking actually with your gut with your department of energy uh, just after this our discussion Great. about this we've had a shared agenda on that a eh, with between the international hydropower association which i'm a director of and yeah. your department but do you th- do you think this problem that i call the crisis within the crisis is getting enough attention and and if not how do we you know how do we raise its profile
1: yeah, no, it's 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 a very important point and it's part of what we really mean when we talk about green energy infrastructure. We don't just mean renewable energy, we mean the infrastructure that we're going to need for storage because as you say, you know, the sun isn't always shining, the wind isn't always blowing. Uh, we need that sort of baseline uh, power generation and obviously fossil fuels have been able to provide that, but renewable energy can provide that too in concert with you know, appropriate storage, uh, smart grid technology. And with storage, of course, people often focus on batteries and there's a lot of progress that's being made in high capacity batteries. But at the same time, there are lots of different ways to store energy, as you alluded to, uh, pumped hydro, um, molten salts. People are talking about that as a way to sort of thermally mm-hmm. store um, energy, hydrogen generation, clean, truly yes. clean, hydrogen generation. So there are lots of things that we can do, but we need to make the investments. And in this case, the United States, the Biden administration has made a commitment to do that. What we're gonna need are the congressional purse strings to make that happen.
0: Yeah, well, that's exactly right. There's no, you you can talk about it. I mean, even here in Australia, there were two big uh, pump storage uh, plans that I had. One was Snowy Hydro 2.0, which is thankfully under construction should be generating at the end of calendar 25 and the other one was the battery of the nation which was uh, doing similar thing uh in tasmania uh yeah. using their fantastic wind their hydro system a second inter- to, to to victoria um but so far nothing has been built you know it's just gone into a, a kind of a miasma of studies and reports and you know the the the, t- the planet cannot wait we have to make renewables reliable and we have to do so fast
1: yeah. yeah absolutely and i guess there have been some you know there have been some successes in south Australia battery um massive yeah, batteries, battery storage. batteries have been very good there
0: yeah for, for short for shorter storage so far right. hopefully we'll get longer duration batteries right
1: so that's the challenge you
0: know